0: Welcome to the Farcast here at Shadron State College. I'm Daniel Binkard with my co-host, the Alex Helmbrecht, and we're also here with the John Murphy, who's the Sports Information Director in the Athletic Department. Now, John, I know we've been hoping to get you on here for a long time. Um, Finally got through his agent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tough, tough to get a man to up. catch up
1: with. Finally got my voicemail switched, too, so that I, I used to forward all my calls, so we're better yeah, now. yeah.
0: That monitoring thing, I tell you. <laughs> well, John, uh, you are no stranger to Shadron State College. You've been here for, uh, well, a couple years anyway, off and on as a student and then now a staff member. Um, so tell us a little bit about your history with the institution.
1: Well, first off, thank you both for having me on. Um, I've listened to quite a few of the episodes, and I don't know how this isn't award-winning yet, so thank you, guys. Well,
0: it's guaranteed
1: now. It has to be. It has to be. We'll start our own festival for it. (laughs) Um, No, like I said, I'm familiar with Shatter, and this would technically be my... February will be my eight complete years here. Um, February 17th, I think, will be eight complete total years here. Now, do we count
0: Um, the time you came in for the... Not the orientation, one of those high school visit things.
1: I should, but I don't. we got to count that. And I should, yeah. Almost the. I don't even know what that was. I, that was Johnny Dunn's legal guardian for his new student orientation. That's probably so. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, grew up in Harrison, so just 45 minutes from here. Mom, My brother came here on a football scholarship. I always wanted, I've always loved the big city, wanted to go big, Lincoln or somewhere bigger than Shadron. Um Shadron was, growing up, was our closest Walmart. is our closest Walmart, so we'd come here for groceries. So I knew Shadron quite a bit. We'd always come to games and athletic events when I was growing up. And um, senior year of college, I was trying to decide where to go to school, and I had my list of top five. It was Carney, Lincoln, Morningside, Shadron, and Colorado. And Shadron State would pay me to go to school for my first two years, and it just shows how affordable it is for students. So that was a big reason why I ended up choosing Shadron State for my college education. Um, had six undergrad majors here, and it took me four and a half years to graduate with my undergrad.
0: That's very Just, good
1: timing. It was. Got in interdisciplinary studies. I was working for athletics that whole time. Um, I started working for athletics in December of my freshman year um, when Bruce Carpenter and Con Marshall had me start doing game book for basketball. And I worked there the whole time, and then once I graduated my undergrad, I was trying to decide what to do, and I ended up having a terrible boss with my uh, – master's program I was a graduate assistant for Daniel Pinkert Um, (laughs) 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 a lot lot of great skills during that time that really kind of helped me but I was um Daniel's GA for I guess I was working my master's for a year and I only worked for athletics and then last year and a half of my master's I was GA for um college relations as well um so I did my master's from 2018 until December 2020 and so um yeah, this is my first time being back. I moved back here in February from Arizona, so this is my first time being back only as a just as a um, professional staff member of the college instead of just a student as well. So, yeah, I've been here a long time, and all my school years, and now professionally, I'm here. So, yeah. So,
2: you, so you work in a profession that's pretty fast paced and a the, the lot of different duties. Every day is different. Um, you know, that type of mentality is being a sports information director. Um, how's your first year on the job been? What, what's, what's kind of uh, what are some maybe changes that you've overseen and, and what have you learned?
1: Not much has changed since I've got back in February. But the biggest thing for me, and I'm dealing with it right now, is I've never watched women's wrestling in my life. And I've never watched a wrestling match that was freestyle, not folk style. Um, so it's women's wrestling wrestling season right now. And I just had to restart a women's wrestling match and I had no idea what the scoring meant or anything. So I'm going to have to start some reading this week before Sunday to learn some women's wrestling. But yeah, like you said, I mean, just today alone, I've worked on stuff for men's basketball, women's basketball, football, and women's wrestling and wrestling. So Mm -hmm. they're just, you're always on the move, always covering different sports, different things you got to get done. Um, like we have home men's wrestling on Friday basketball, men's and women's on Saturday, and then women's wrestling on Sunday. Two schools, no less. Two schools on Sunday, yeah. So three different duels on Sunday. So, I mean, you just got to... I'm not the best at time management, but this job has sure made me get better at time management because you got to learn how to manage all your time covering each different individual sport Mm -hmm. and every single thing, whether it be rosters or just getting programs made, intro videos um, ahead of time. Then afterwards, you got to worry about making sure stats are correct, get post-game articles, get everything sent out, and... um, I kind of forgot what the entirety of the question was, but... (laughs) You answered it. I would say, yeah. I've gotten a lot better with my time management skills. I really have struggled with that. Um, Cell phones, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, they kill a lot of time, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the reason I
2: I mentioned uh, if there are any changes, uh, Daniel and I have both worked here for a fair amount of years, uh, combined, of course, when you combine them. But... um, when I was hired as the SID way back in the ancient days of 2007, video and social media weren't really part of the equation, uh, and now those are probably two of the bigger parts of your job.
1: Yeah, um, it helped me because I was technically the assistant sports information director for four years during my undergrad and first year of my graduate career. And I mean, the biggest change for me with that was the renovation of Shacoins or the building of the Chicoine Center and eventually a video board being installed. And with the renovation of Don Beebe and Elliott Field, um, the video board being installed there. So that's one thing that I kind of took under my handle when I was a student worker for athletics is in charge of all the video board, all the video stuff. And, I mean, that's something that clearly, especially with recruiting for different sports, social medias, um, especially compared to when you were sports information director, and even compared to when I was just a student worker, social media and video work is so important for coaches and programs to recruit. Um, you see some of this work, the work that other schools are throwing out there, and you're like, "Oh, we got to step up our game if we want to be able to mm-hmm. compete to get some of these potential student athletes to sign here." Um, yeah, but I would say video and social media, especially from I mean, 2014 when I started have grown greatly for college athletics and that's one thing that I mean I've always kind of been a tech savvy person which helped um but that's one thing for shattered state we really kind of had to change things to make sure we were getting more of a social media and internet presence for those social media apps and video wise as well with that too so
2: Well I have I a mean, question I have a question can... for both of you with video in regards yeah. to video I think maybe there's an assumption some people have that, oh, it's a video on YouTube. It's 90 seconds long. It's really cool. But there's more than 90 seconds of work put into that thing. Yeah, depending on the video, there can be hours, weeks yes. of work right.
0: to make something happen.
2: I, I, I was just – the question I was going to ask, I don't mean to interrupt you, was how has video work changed in the last decade? The volume.
1: The volume That's for sure. Thing. Yes. I mean Daniel would probably be able to speak to that more because he's doing video like his – CSC Live is all video work. right? Um, for me, at least, I mean, intro videos is a big thing for the video boards. We, excuse me, uh, we could do a lot better. Per, like my department, I could do a lot better with video work for promotion stuff, um, making videos to promote stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you said, just 90 seconds, just a little 30-second clip to promote an event. I could do a lot better with that. But like you said, yeah, it's an intro video that I try to keep a minute max, I would say, takes me at least... 10, 12 hours just to make one intro video because you got to go find the clips, clip it up, make sure it all aligns perfectly, match the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Daniel, on your end, a CSC live event, you're there at least two, two and a half hours early before the event. Got to set yeah. everything up, make sure everything's running smoothly, make sure everything's talking back and forth. And afterwards, you got to cut up the event, clip out the dead time. And yeah, there's a, a lot of people don't realize how much time goes into yeah. video on the internet.
0: The more you can do to establish a a, a good workflow, the better that, that you know what you need to do, that you're storing things so you can retrieve them later and know where they're at, that they're they're named and tagged properly. That's a big help. That's uh, and then just there, there's a the reality of what one person can do in one day's, you know, 24 hours or, or a 40 hour work week. Um, it adds up. It goes by really fast, Mm -hmm. and there's only so much one person can do for a a given project or even a given sport.
1: Working for Daniel actually probably took a couple hours off the amount of time it takes me to make intro videos because he taught me how to properly name Files. Like if I was making a wrestling intro video, before Daniel taught me that, take down one, take down two, take down three. I had no naming mechanism, Mm -hmm. and then I would lose – they would say that they can't find the file, and then I'm scrolling through all my 900 things I've downloaded, trying to find the exact one. And ideally, you'd be
0: able to find some. You know, you go back to it 10 years later because you're doing something yeah. His, yeah. You know, historical or a, like that, and you want to be able to reference that. That it's not just take down one, but you know, what was the match, who was yes. the wrestler, yep, exactly. you know, period, whatever.
1: And especially with sports information, the um, role is there because of the historical and statistics. And yeah, that's yeah. the important thing in that role you got to make sure the stats and all the history is correct and yep. easily accessible and um it's the same thing with video i mean you got to make sure everything's there correct easily accessible to help you speed up time and yeah for future reference make sure it's there when you need it i mean there's a lot of things we could do differently but i mean all that thing there's the so many you things do. you can do and it all takes time and money Yep, and resources yep. i mean and it's obvious you watch a game online or a, you watch big 10 championship last year Week, Iowa versus Michigan, you're going to see things you're not going to see on a Daniel's broadcast. But yeah. how much money and time and effort has been put into that sure. broadcast? A, a lot, lot, lot more of than people Daniel has there. to put into yeah. it. <laughs> nice. But, but we, we do
2: still have fun with it.
1: Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. yes. And it's
2: still a great product.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I would, I would, I would yeah. I'll go out and say, I mean, being in the, at Shattered State and R, in the RMAC, I've watched every school's product. And I would say Shattered St. and, and Clara Mines are the top two for on um, streaming of athletic oh, events, great. and Daniel does a great job with it.
0: No, thanks, John. Kudos, Daniel. Now, I was going to ask you, um, in broader terms, where do you see the future of sports information?
2: Oh, I... In the year... 2000, the year 2024, which just, does sound like a <laughs> futuristic. I was thinking of that Conan O'Brien bit in the year 2000. That's, that dates me a little bit.
1: Let me bring Con in. I'm going to ask him how much it's changed for him That's since true. he started, and then I'll kind of be again an idea how off often of do that. You use a
0: typewriter? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, even with – in the not, 11 months I've been here, like AI has really taken yeah. off – I think if I really wanted to, I could use AI to do the majority of my job. Like, I, I could see sports information. I mean, it's just going to keep changing. There are just going to be more resources and more things that are going to make the job easier and less time-consuming Yeah. Um, for sports information directors. So hopefully it opens up some more creative avenues. Yes. I, mean, I think in
0: terms of that, that an AI algorithm could probably write a game recap pretty easily. And, I've messed around and with it. And then it. you go in and add your, your touch of color to it. Yep.
1: Yeah, I yeah. I haven't used it yet, but I've messed around with it and I easily could use it if I wanted to. But I mean, just to college athletics as a whole, um A lot of colleges are going away from calling it a sports information director just because there's so much more media stuff and everything else is going into it Mm -hmm. um, with social media, video, and all that other stuff. Um, And so that's the change that's currently happening. You find a lot of colleges that are creating different positions within athletics, they'll still have their sports information director for the website, the articles, the stats, all that stuff. But then they'll have something else for media, graphics, stuff like that. Um, And that's one change that you're currently seeing happening at a lot of schools. Yeah. Um, they're starting to implement just more of a graphics media side of it than the sports information side of it. Um, and it's but, just
0: a reflection of that. Again, that time that's required to yes. produce that kind of material to just to have somebody dedicated to it.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of changes. And I mean, the NCAA is always changing to new legislation, new rules, and they, this year, i I didn't have anything to do with it, but um, I know other schools in the conference are completely in charge of the football replay system. Um, And that was just implemented this year, another video thing where coaches could challenge plays now in Division II, RMAC football. And that's another, I know Colorado Mesa, they're in charge of it for their football team. And our football coaches have done a great job. I haven't had a single worry about it. I mean, that's just things like that are going to keep popping up, yeah. just the extra yeah. duties. and um,
0: I'm actually glad how smoothly that went. That it, yes. Uh, we, we don't have to cut in—we don't have to use elements from my broadcast for it. It's all the team's cameras that they're yep. recording the game anyway. Uh, and then they've got—they're wirelessly transmitting it down to the sidelines to, to the, the tent where the officials can review it. So there was no worry about running additional cables or figuring would I have to do something specific For the official review that's different from what the game brought, the the broadcast for the fans needs to be. And I know we ran into that in basketball back when we had review uh, for officials uh, until we got a a different
1: system for that. I do know for football— they had one problem this year, it was the first game, and I'll take the blame for it. I played the music too loud, and oh, that yeah. bass shook the antenna that was communicating to the tent, and so they lost the signal the replay. Yeah, that alignment's kind of critical. Always <laughs> oh, well, yeah, got it, to turn the music louder. Yeah, yeah. you got to have the place. you got to be able to hear it over on, not even cross the tracks. North Chadron <laughs> has yeah. to be able to hear the music from the stadium.
0: <laughs> well, there was the uh, the tent blew over in the wind
1: second was, game maybe yeah, that was a western colorado game that was a windy one <laughs> that was a windy game
2: um so john uh daniel kind of alluded to it but that you uh you did your master's here you worked for a time uh and then you you left you pursued a different career for a little bit uh but you've come back um tell us a little bit about that and what brought you back what brought you back
1: to the area um i was i was working here and i I knew I was graduating with my master's, so I was at a point where I kind of wanted to go try some things out and see just different parts of the U.S. and try some different jobs out. And I was still working on my master's, actually. No, I just graduated my master's. I was working, um, I guess I forgot to mention. Yeah, you were working with us. After my graduate assistantship, I took a full-time job, actually, with Mm -hmm. the college. So I had been here full-time before. Um, And it was within your guys' department. So I was working with you guys. um, And I I knew I always kind of, I kept thinking to myself that I wonder what I would have been, I think I would have been a different person if I would have went to Lincoln or somewhere bigger for college. And I've always wanted to go live, try living in the bigger city. And I had someone reach out to me, my former boss, Justin Moody, reached out to me and, I knew who he was because he was my fifth and sixth grade baseball coach, and he called me and said, hey, I'm hiring for a media, graphic design person for my business. Would you be interested? And I said, I might be interested to coach. Tell me a little more about it. And he just froze. He says, huh? I said, yeah. And he said, who are? Well, wait, why'd you call me coach? And I said, you coached me in fifth and sixth grade baseball. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so long story short. He convinced me to take a job down there. And so I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a lived in Temp- I lived in I lived Scottsdale for a little bit, and then Tempe, and then eventually Gilbert. But Um, Justin has his own business down there called Implant Pathway. Um, And while I worked there, we rebranded it to The Pathway. And then he also has two nonprofit dental clinics. Um, So The Pathway is a dental education center. And that's really who I worked for. I would help the nonprofit clinics out a little bit um, with stuff that they needed media-wise. But I mainly worked for The Pathway. And what we would do is pretty much once a week, we would have a different course, something dental-related, Mainly focused on dental implants, um, but when I was there, we started a sedation pathway. So we would do IV sedation and oral conscious sedation. We started a Seric pathway. Um, a Seric is just a little machine that scans your teeth, and then you go on it, and you design. Like if you didn't have teeth, you'd go on there and scan the person's mouth, and then design their teeth for them, and then it would print them out right there for you and put them in the person's mouth. Nice. Um, for free.
2: <laughs> no, not for free. No.
1: But actually, with the not, so I'll get into that. With our That's courses, though. our main course was called sessions one through four. Session one was 20 online modules. While I worked there, we redid them and made them into 40 online modules. Um, and we, each one hour long, the dentist has to pass a 10 question quiz afterwards, and then they get a credit CE hours for each um, module. And then sessions two and three are in person, um, just lecture. About dental implants, um, it's an introductory course for people who want to start placing dental implants in their own dental practices. And then session four is live surgery. Um, so we are—they just relocated actually to a brand new building in Gilbert, Arizona. But when I was there, t- we were in Tempe, Arizona. So any pa- any doctor that came to this course paid the money to learn how to do dental implants. Any patient they saw during the live surgery portion. The surgery was completely free; They just had to pay for their final restoration um so some people' would just be a single dental implant and just one crown. Other people would be six on top, six on bottom, and a full new mouth of teeth For the people let's say had six implants on bottom, six on top and a full new mouth of teeth, any other dental office that would average from forty to sixty thousand dollars depending if you got a fixed arch or just a pop in and out denture. Um, with at new horizon, since the surgeries, if they were in the course was completely free, people would end up paying $8,000 at max to Mm. have their, for a case that would usually cost $60,000. Um, so I mean, a lot of stuff I did was during those courses, I would stream, um, I would record surgeries and things like that. We each, we would give each attendee a laptop so they could follow on PowerPoint, take notes, whatever they wanted to do. Um, and so I was in charge of that. And then we had a CT software, um, that, I mean, most dental, all dental offices have an x-ray software. Um, this one was called Acteon, and eventually right before I left, I actually started helping teaching the Acteon courses, uh, par- portions of the, uh, lecture when we were on the road. So we would do probably, I think one year we'd do about 30 to 40 courses in Arizona a year. And then we would do probably eight on the road a year. Um, I mean, I, I loved, I loved that job. I miss everybody there. Um, We got to see some really cool things. While I was there, we went to San Diego, Atlanta, Nashville, Napa. We got to go over. Th- I got to see the world, mm-hmm. Boston. Um, But in the back of my heart was athletics and my family. And mm-hmm. as much as I enjoyed my time in Arizona and enjoyed everybody there, I couldn't stop thinking about being close to my family. And like I said, I love my job, but... Going to work every day and staring at bloody teeth wasn't really my cup of tea.
2: <laughs> and so I'm like,
1: oh, I might need to find something else. Yeah, I don't believe me there. I, it was, it, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was leave that job. Um, because, I, like I said, I, I loved it. But I missed athletics. I wanted to be closer to my family. Um, it was this 18-hour drive for me if I ever wanted to drive home. So I made the decision. Caleb, who I worked for for five years, as when he was sports information director here, he decided to take a new career path. And he reached out to me and said, hey, if you're interested... I'm sure, they'd like to see you apply. and I finished applied, went through the interview process and um ended up getting offered a sports information job at Shattern State. So um, it was tough for me to leave Arizona, but uh, that what Dr. Moody's doing down there is a great, great, great thing. and he's expanding. They're doing courses in Mexico now and um, I was just happy to be a part of something that's doing so much good for the world. And so even if I wasn't even there for two years, I mean, it cool. makes me feel good to be a part of something like that and be able to help out with that. Absolutely. Cause I mean, in the time I was there, I bet 20, I think there was around 22, $23 million of donated dental services in the time I was there. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a great thing and it's just kind of worked out funny that. My boss was my old baseball coach, and then my <laughs> other two coworkers both grew up in Rapid City. So, yeah. and I was friends with one of their little brother, and didn't even know it. And so, it was <laughs>
2: small world, small world. But
1: yeah, I really enjoyed my time in Arizona, but uh, it was time for me to come back, and I'm happy I did. Well,
0: we're glad you did. Yeah. So you've kind of hinted around at it here, but uh, you know, go let's go into how important sports are
1: in your life. Since I've been a kid. I mean, a lot of my memories involve sports. i have never. I mean, if to sum up my athletic career, I would say I was first team all state JV, probably. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> never really was the most athletic person. <laughs> I uh, played the high school football, high school basketball, high school track, and I loved playing it. We played six man football, so that was a little different. But I, and if it's a good thing we played six man because I got to see the field. I don't think I would ever see yeah. the field if we didn't play six man. But. Uh, no, I ever since I've been a kid, like um, I don't know why my brother was a big. My brother's three years older than me, and I think he already liked sports. Both my parents were huge Husker fans, despise the Denver Broncos, despise the Denver Nuggets, and the reason they do is because they moved to Nebraska, and everybody was such big fans and annoyed them. And so I despise the Denver Broncos, I despise the Denver Nuggets, <laughs> and that's kind of I don't know. We grew up watching sports, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, a lot of my favorite memories from a kid involved. Whether it just be playing football at the during high school football games when I was younger, or coming up to Shattern games when Danny Woodhead played, and I, I always tell people this story: I, we West Texas A and M playoff game that Shattern won and was triple overtime. That's the one. Double overtime. Uh, Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Triple overtime. Triple overtime. Seventy-six to seventy-three or whatever. Shattown was down, I think, twenty-six beginning of the fourth quarter, and my parents said, yep. "We better get to Harrison for church." And like, I'm, I start crying. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. We need to where this game. Like John, they're down by 29. They're not winning. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I will always remember there's a big hill you come into when you're pulling into Harrison. And as we came down that big hill, John Extell yelled at the radio that Joe McLean flipped into the end zone to win the ball game. Yeah. And I saw it's <laughs> funny. I always tell people that like, yeah, that that's one of the memories though that like made me fall in love with Sharon State Sports. Yeah. Um oh, That was a great know, game. I, my brother was a big Kobe Bryant fan, so I end up really loving the Lakers and I'm still a Lakers fan today and um I just think my parents and my brother put sports in my life at a young age and I kind of fell in love with it and been around them ever since um whether working for them or just being a fan of them I, yeah I I don't know I, I don't really can't tell you a, Exact reason why I love sports so much. I just kind of always have been a fan of yeah, them. Yeah, just in the
2: blood. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that that 2007 playoff victory over Abilene Christian. Do you have any other favorite CSC athletic memories as a as a fan, or maybe even now as, as an employee? Uh, Aside from the, covering track last spring. Oh gosh,
1: <laughs> this, with softball going on at the yeah. same time, those are some long days. Yeah, I bet. Um, I was in high school, and don't get me wrong, the Chicoine Center Center's beautiful. But as a f- basketball fan, I honestly think games at Armstrong were more fun because it was louder, and it would, you, we could have 400 more people in Chicoine, and it's not going to look nearly as packed as Armstrong would look. It was a unique and atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. My, I forget what year in high school I was, but it was the year Sharon State men's basketball made the playoffs and lost to Carney. It's when they beat Carney to get into the playoffs. And we're, we came to that game in Armstrong, and... Just that atmosphere and being a high school and seeing all the college football team down there and Michael Madkins and everybody dressed up. It was that's just a memory that I'll because that was so fun. Plus, um, it was like a buzzer beater. Buzzer beater. Yeah. Fans rushed the court. It was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. that's one memory that for Shattner State Athletics I always have. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I football wise, I mean, you go. I have a bunch of framed pictures in the house from when I was a kid. I have pictures with. I was obsessed with Woodhead, Isaac Stockton, Eric Roth, all these old players. And I have so many autographs from all these guys from when I was a kid. And I don't know. There's just a lot of my fondest Sharon State Athletic memories have been from when I was growing up. That's got to be
2: pretty cool, though. I mean, you see names like Woodhead, Stockton, and Roth who are, you know, among some of the best players who've ever been here. Uh, You followed them as a kid, and now you get to kind of preserve – Yeah that history in your current role that's kind of yeah that's
1: neat yep and I mean I've always paid attention to our at athletics because I was such a big fan as a kid and mm-hmm. so it's it's fun for me to go like look at our football team now and compare to back when I was growing up and just compare players stats and be able to have access to all those stats too it's really fun for me to look around and play around with nice tell nice. us
0: about SAC oh, cool.
1: SAC okay a student athlete advisory council um, this is my first year being the advisor for it. Uh, every school in... Associate
0: co-advisor. Co-advisor. Now, now, now could you yes, tell co-advisor. the committee here? Me and Brittany Helmbritt are
1: co-advisors. Um... <laughs> I've heard of her. I, I met her first time for the, doing SAC, first time I ever met her. Um, <laughs> but we're the co-advisors of SAC, and it's the Student Athlete Advisory Council, and so every school has one. Every school that has college athletics has a SAC, um... And the RMAC, her conference has SAC as well. And a lot, like, I probably should know more since I am a co advisor about it, but I am <laughs> gr- my graduate assistant, Maddie Sleep. We kind of just let her run with it, and she has done a fantastic job. If she has questions, she'll ask Brittany and I, and we'll help her. Yeah. We'll go to the meetings, cover some things with her, but she has done a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, she's been pretty um, reliable.
1: Yes, she is. And with SAC, I don't really have to worry too much about it. But what it is, is I mean, it's a group of student athletes. Each team has two representatives, football and track have four representatives since they're larger teams. Um, and it's pretty much a place for college athletes to have their voice heard. Um, if there's any issues, anything, they can, it's, SAC can take it up with the RMAC SAC and they'll usually push it on to um, the RMAC President's Council or anything like that. Um, the student-athletes are on SAC get a vote on any NCAA legislation on whether okay. they want those rule changes to be made or not. And then we take those votes. We actually voted probably about a month ago now. Um, we did a vote on all the rule changes that the NCAA is proposing this year. We take those votes, turn them into RMAC. RMAC compares them with the other schools, takes the most popular answer, and then turns it into the NCAA. Okay. Okay. Um, other things, we've really kind of stepped up SAC this year. Shattern State College has notoriously year after year after year been last in the RMAC SAC Cup standings because we never really did much for SAC. Um, so, so now
0: the SAC Cup, what's that?
1: It's based off of different criteria, different things within the RMAC. So um, your rating of the sportsmanship cup goes into it. A big thing that we're doing a lot of this year that we really haven't done in the past is community service hours. Mm, um, that's good. And so you log all your community service hours, turn those into the RMAC, and that you get points for however many certain number of hours you completed. And they have other things that go into it as well. Um, but then the school at the most points at the end of the year gets this big trophy cup and – that oh, yeah. they get to keep at their school for the year. Um, but yeah, like I said, we've been doing a lot of community service events, more community service hours this year, volunteering with the community. Um, we're currently about to do a clothing drive. We just got on with a canned food drive. Um, well, I just had something pop out of my head that I wanted to say. Something about community service hours. Oh, we've done a lot more activities this year, too, to get teams involved with each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my opinion, they're... So there's kind of separation between teams, your football team, your basketball team. That's your team. That's who you hang out with. And so we're trying to get a more of a sh- your Shattern State athlete instead of just a Shattered State basketball athlete. Right. And so we're d- doing a lot of events. We did a, we're doing like a sack cup of our own where we kind of already did like a mini Olympics. So they had egg races. They had mathematics tables they had to do. And then we tallied up points by your teams and by your sport, and we'll put into our own sack cup as well at the end of the year. Um, like Fan Day, we did earlier this year. SAC did, that was a CSC athletics event, but SAC did a, some stuff with it, and all the teams were there. And um, we're just kind of trying to push. And Maddie, like I said, and Porter Anderson as well, he's a men's basketball player, he helps out quite a bit. Those two of them have really got a lot more student involvement in SAC. That's and, good. Um, people seem excited for it now, and so it's been good to watch it kind of grow over this year for Shattern State. Um, we're doing our holiday retreat next year or our holiday banquet next Monday. So if you guys have a Wednesday, so if you guys have any recommendations on what I should make for it, let me know. just can't include nuts. Someone's allergic to nuts. Oh,
2: that's right. Yeah. we had this discussion. Buttered crackers.
1: Buttered crackers.
2: Yeah. You just take some melted butter, dump it over saltines and bake it for like, 10 minutes.
1: That sounds really healthy. They're awesome. I was thinking some pistachio pudding or something.
2: Oh yeah, Watergate salad. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a go-to. <laughs>
1: um,
2: John, outside of work, what do you like to do?
1: Um, big thing for me right now is family. Um, just My brother and his wife actually just had a little beautiful niece named Molly Ann. So I've been trying to spend as much time with her as I can recently um, and spend time with my parents and my mom and friends and attend different athletic events um just find things to do that make me happy and that's what i like to do when i'm not working just sometimes i'll just sit at home and do nothing but i always kind of like being on the move and doing something um whether it's just going and visiting friends or i love driving just driving somewhere and um attend athletic events whenever i can i probably take one too many trips here and there to the casinos um i love (laughs) gambling um, but I haven't been to Vegas for over a year, so that's good for me. Um, that is good. Yeah, I, I try to attend as many sporting events as I can a year. Um, I'm trying to, my goal is to go to every SEC stadium for football. I've only been to one. <laughs> so that's something I'll probably try to do over the next couple of years is try to knock maybe one off a year. Cool. Um, yeah, I, not a whole lot that I do. I mean, hang out with family and friends and, Find your happy place. That's what it's all about.
0: It is. Yeah. It can be nice and simple like that. It can be. Uh, So that kind of takes us to the uh, short form portion of our interview, John. Now, you can't prepare for these ahead of time. Okay. I hope you haven't. What's one of your favorite movies?
1: Oh, geez. I honestly think I love anything Clint Eastwood. I love the movie Express, but I honestly think my favorite movie is Monsters, Inc., Oh, I don't know why. Ever yeah. since I a kid, it's been my favorite Pixar movie. I think it's the best Pixar movie. There's a lot of really good ones, and I love all the Pixar movies, but I think Monsters, Inc. is the best one. And I don't know. Ever since I first saw it, I've loved that movie.
0: So you gave us kind of a nice cross-section there. Now let's limit it. What's your favorite sports movie?
1: Probably The Express. Um, okay. It's about—it's not that popular of a movie, actually. It's about the first African-American Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, nice. um, his name was Ernie Davis, and— it really focuses on Syracuse football at that time when they had the stretch of three of the greatest running backs. They had um island brain. Jim Brown. Jim Brown and then Ernie Davis and then Floyd Little, um, who are three just of the best running backs college football scene and three guys who had very successful careers, but Ernie Davis sadly passed away before he really could even play in the NFL. But he was drafted to the Browns who was going to play with Jim Brown. Um, but it's a really good story about, kind of the segregation in college football and what kind of helped um, college football with racism issues and things like that. And it's yeah. just a great movie overall.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah. I-, I know you're a big Kobe Bryant fan. Do you think they'll ever make a Kobe Bryant movie?
1: They followed him. Or they're, supposedly, Netflix is going to release something, a movie or like a Jordan thing on him because they did oh, follow like him a documentary? his last season. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff made about Kobe. In the future, um, and he was so involved actually with like film industry and things like yeah. that in his retirement. And um, <laughs> I would tell people this when the day Kobe Bryant died, I was actually in Deadwood sitting at a Blackwood blackjack table. And the moment I found out, I took a nine hundred dollars swing for the positive. And I'm just sitting at the blackjack table crying, playing cards because Kobe Bryant was dead. Oh man! <laughs> but I took a nine hundred dollars positive yeah. swing, so man. I'm like. But, no, I think um, Kobe was very involved with film, and I think there eventually will be some movies, and I, oh, yeah. Netflix is supposedly releasing a series, too, on him. So,
2: Okay. Um, this kind of leads into the next one. What's a favorite sports venue? Armstrong uh, Gym? Sports Armstrong bar cool. venue? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Armstrong is cool. <laughs> I, that's tough. I've been to a lot of cool football stadiums. Um, I think I've been to every, been to SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten, whatever the other Power Five. I think I've been to all the Power Five. I would have to say Arkansas football, um, their stadium. Uh, I, SEC football. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Nebraska football fan. Memorial Stadium is beautiful. Games at Memorial Stadium are fun, a, a blast, and it could be because they're not. Nebraska football hasn't been that good. But a game in Arkansas, at Arkansas Stadium. I think it's called. I forget what it's called, but Razorback Stadium is. It just could, could be because it's SEC football, but one of my friends and I went down there to visit another Shower State alumni who was working for Arkansas football program, and a game there is just like nothing I've ever been a part of. Their stadium, like Nebraska Stadium, it's big, but you feel it's wide. Arkansas is straight up and down, packed with oh, yeah. fans, and it is the loudest, and they're playing Alabama, who is top five in the nation, and just being in their stadium was probably the most fun I've ever had in a college football stadium and probably the coolest atmosphere I've been a part of.
0: Right on. Let's see. Oh, I didn't even know we were gonna ask this one. What's a favorite kind of breakfast cereal?
1: I do not like cereal.
0: Um, Why is it on here? <laughs> <laughs> I do not
1: like cereal. You gotta um, talk to the guy that writes if these if questions down. C- if I'm hungry and all I have is cereal, I'll have golden grams. Oh, those are good. More um, cinnamon toast crunch. But I feel the like only the- reason I'll drink those is because it makes the milk so good. Oh, yeah. And Because I love milk. I could drink a gallon of milk a day if I really wanted to. But I do not. I'm not a big cereal fan. So I like the, the
0: older fan. I get, the, the more I have to avoid sugary breakfast cereals. Like yeah, these things I are, f- are poison. They're terrible. <laughs> <or rough in laughs> and
1: I, I think a reason I'm not a big cereal fan is because I was absolutely spoiled by my parents growing up and had hot breakfast and mm, really yeah. good lunches delivered to school every day for me. Yeah,
2: you can't so. go wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Daniel and I grew up on the mean streets. We had to eat cold <laughs> cereal for breakfast.
1: I've heard the streets are Ponca or not.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> a rough one. Ponca the cook. <laughs> Those are tough spots. John, how many times have you been to the top of Sea Hill? You better say at least once.
0: I've never seen him up there, actually. Well, he's
2: he homecoming did. royalty.
1: I didn't go all the way up there. <laughs> he, pulled, he pulled the, he pulled the rare the double sea. dip. The double king. I stopped at I the sea. you were double king. Yeah, homecoming and Ivy day. Okay, so you've been near the sea. but I, the Absolute <laughs> top. I would say eight times, maybe a rough estimate. Not too many. All right. Um, when I was in college, if I couldn't sleep, I'd go up there and just watch the sunrise. Went up there a couple times with friends, rode a bike up there once, and that's about it.
0: Well, that's a good variety there. I like that. Absolutely. And now, do you ever get tired of seeing your picture promoting CSC
2: as (laughs) as John Murphy, (laughs) the rangeland student?
1: Hasn't been around much lately. Well, maybe Um, for a
2: little context. When John was an undergrad, he appeared in about every photo we had. Reliable model. Yes.
1: For people who know me, I am the least ranchy cowboy guy ever. Like, I'm not Western. I... I've rode a horse twice in my life and once ended up in the emergency room. So <laughs> nice. I'm not a cowboy and I don't really know a single thing about ranching or farming. And the photo you guys decided to use me in is a rangeland shoot. Pointing over out the, there the golden grass. grass yeah. Pointing yeah. like I'm, yeah. a, <laughs> like you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. But it was, I didn't really realize you guys, you guys started, I didn't realize you were posting it everywhere. Oh, it was this iconic scene, you know, people with great lighting. calling me and say, hey, I'm out to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and there's a big picture of you on a billboard out yeah, here. Yeah, it was on, like, on that yeah, billboard. What? what? On I-25. <laughs>
2: yeah. But no, I. It was. We'll have to put a rotating gallery
1: here of all of his.
2: Oh yeah, it'll be on screen. <laughs> it
1: was funny when John's greatest hits. <laughs> you guys use that a lot because I would go places and people would say, "Yeah, hey, I saw you here. I saw your picture here. I saw your picture here." And right now, I mean, it's not Shatterns Day, but I'm on the cover of the what is it, Northwest Nebraska Tourism Magazine. Oh, oh yeah, that's I'm on the cover right. of that one yeah. right now. What was that but scene? Hiking with it, his wife and son and oh, a couple of some <laughs> nice. former Shatterer State students out at a. Uh, Shattern State Park. Yeah, um, but no, I don't think I got tired of it. Northwest
0: uh, Nebraska Cover Boy. Yeah. Well, we're gonna bring you back. I, uh, oh yeah, because you were you were using it for master's degree advertising. Oh, uh, well, forgot about those yeah. ones. I was Chris in. Green.
1: The big one was Chris Green and I and Emily Stein. Where we yeah. our picture was in the mm-hmm. Nebraska State every high school state event that year. We were in the program. Yeah, and that's when I had so many people like. What are you doing in this program? Why why do I have to see you while I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Yeah. Face
0: of shattered state. That's Sports awesome. information and everything else. Well, I suppose that uh that's all we've got for this uh particular episode. John, thanks so much for coming in.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank and, you, John. Um, appreciate both of you.
0: You too. Thank, thank you. Me.